The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Rob Palatnik, the Managing Director at DTCC. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing really good, Rich. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, thanks for coming. So, you know, let's start off with the, uh, the basics. Tell me about DTCC. What do you guys do? So DTCC has been in existence for 40 years, and we serve the financial market infrastructure as the primary clearing and settlement organization for equities, fixed income, uh, mutual funds. We do processing for the global swap uh, derivative marketplace. We provide services to the insurance industry, a variety of services to the financial industry as an industry-owned utility. Oh, okay. So um, for people that don't know, what's what's involved in settlement? What does that mean? You know, settlement of uh, of trades, or what, you know, let's go into depth and some more into that. Sure. Um, if you're a buyer of, um, say, shares in a stock, and I'm a sh- seller in shares of a stock, uh, those trades go to DTCC from the exchanges or from whatever marketplace you do the trade on. Uh, DTCC actually guarantees the trade. So if you do the trade at a certain price, uh, we guarantee that that trade, that if if you've bought shares of a stock at a certain price, we will make sure that you get those shares and that that trade is consummated at that price. And then the settlement activity is we actually give you your shares and take the money and give it to the party that sold the uh, shares of stock. Yeah, the, the, nowadays, do shares actually change hands, or is it just kind of an electronic ledger that updates that the party A no longer has it and party B has it? Excellent question. So so 40 years ago, there were almost all physical pieces of paper, uh, and there used to be bicycle delivery men with pouches running around sure. or biking around Wall Street um, with those pouches in there uh, containing shares, and they were bringing them from one firm to another. Uh, those were all put into a vault uh, around 1971-72. Uh, that was the original depository trust company. Um, we've added a variety of services since then. It's all electronic now. Uh, so almost all movements today are electronic. And when I say almost, 99.9999%, uh, we do 100 million trades a day that way. Uh, there's still wow. the occasional person who wants to put a share of Disney over their child's uh, crib. So there, there are certainly some uh, 
pieces of paper still floating around, but not many. 100 million trades a day? That's the volume you guys handle? Uh, yeah, uh, and that includes our, our equities, um, fixed income. We do a lot of uh, the majority of corporate and municipal bond um, processing. Uh, so if you have a school district that's issued a bond, it likely comes through DTCC, uh, and the trading activity settles the same exact way. So you're, um, you guys keep a ledger, and that has to interact with the ledgers of many other institutions, I would guess, right? Exactly. We we are the master ledger for the industry, uh, and we go through a process all day long of getting real-time messages from exchanges that have trade ledgers, uh, from other trading firms and retirement accounts and pension funds that have their ledgers, and they send us uh, what trades they have executed, and we do the processing of those trades. We do the risk guarantee, um, the risk management uh, in case of counterparty risk, uh, and then the ultimate settlement. Yeah, I guess you know the markets move so fast. Uh, that's why you have to guarantee a trade price because there could be, I guess, slippage if the market moves in between the time someone makes a, uh, a purchase or a sale and the actual consummation of that. Well, the, the markets up until literally a few weeks ago were on a three-day settlement cycle, and it's and it's important to know that settlement cycle, sometimes referred to as T plus three, so trade date plus three, uh, and it's a trade date plus two just a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's a market convention that you can't settle any longer than two days, what used to be three. Uh, if you want to settle today, if you want to sell me IBM shares and I have the money to pay for them, we can certainly do that. Uh, but many market participants um, buy what they can't pay for or sell what they don't own. Uh, it's similar to when you buy a house. You, you sign a contract, but you can't get financing for that house. You can't actually get the liquidity to pay for the house until you've done the engineer's report, until you've you know ironed out all the details of what the contract is about. Um, so a lot of firms um, and a lot of uh, trading accounts, a lot of pension funds and retirement accounts are engaged in lots of financial activity to try and uh, maximize returns for the retail public, uh, the investing public, uh, and as part of money, managing their their money and managing their assets, they all focus on when is the right time to do settlement and when do I need the liquidity to actually pay for shares that I'm acquiring. So the convention today is T plus two. Um, there's there's some discussion about um, continuing to look for opportunities to accelerate that. DTCC can handle same-day settlement, T plus one settlement, and every single day we get a certain number of trades that come into us for for settlement on the day of execution or the day after. As long as the parties agree, our systems handle it fine. Yeah, I spoke to uh, Jonathan Johnson of Overstock.com, and I guess they have a T zero initiative. They want to use blockchain technology to have all trades settle within minutes perhaps within seconds. Is DTCC involved in that? Are they looking at a system like that uh, to help speed up trade settlement? We can talk about distributed ledger technology in, in the broad sense because DTCC sees a lot of promise in the in the in the opportunities that the technology brings from uh, built-in integrity, built-in security, built-in privacy, uh, immutability, audit perspective. Uh, the T0 and T1 and accelerated settlement as a problem uh, isn't isn't doesn't exist. We we can do T zero um, every day. We do T zero, 
and every day we do we do T1. So that that solution is looking for a different problem. I think the broader question that you were going at earlier in terms of lots of different ledgers that then need to reconcile with each other is a much more, I'll say, applicable and interesting challenge across the industry that everybody has their own ledgers and everybody's got their own messages that are moving back and forth. Um, uh, so reconciliation, uh, especially around exceptions, is, is something that is an industry challenge and distributed ledger technology can provide opportunities for. But uh, same-day settlement or real-time settlement is something that can be handled and is handled by existing technology. Okay, I didn't know that. So what's, yeah, what's going to be the, uh, the killer app that allows your ledger to interact with other ledgers you know, instantly and uh, without having to necessarily trust other ledgers that whether they're valid or not? Uh, the killer app question is a really good one. DTCC is looking at the distributed ledger model and the capability uh, across a number of our services. We're right now very focused on our credit default swap trade warehouse application. That's a mainframe application that was written over 10 years ago. And we had been already looking at an opportunity and a budget to replatform that application. Uh, working with the industry, we did a proof of concept on distributed ledger technology and decided with the industry to proceed on replacing that application. That's a great example of a golden copy central ledger that we had for a particular asset credit default swaps that other firms have their ledgers uh, we have a whole bunch of messaging that goes between us and our member firms. There are a variety of different uh, lifecycle events. So if you do a credit default swap, every month there's a payment flow. Uh, every, um, basically every day you have to determine if there is any credit events associated with that credit default swap. Um, so there are all sorts of things that can happen during the life cycle. And if everyone was looking at a single ledger, a single um, trusted copy of that transaction, then nobody would have to go through extra reconciliations for payments and extra reconciliations every month and discussions about whether credit events have happened or not happened. There would be one model, one database, one set of data rules that everyone would be able to refer to. So that's the opportunity that we're pursuing and we're working with the industry on that. And we're actually pretty deep great. into that project. That's great. Where do you see... Uh you know, electronic trading and settlement going, you know, I, I guess this ties into everything we've talked about already, but, you know, what do you think is needed in the industry right now and where is everything headed? Another really good question. Evolution of any new technology takes some time and the, the distributed ledger technology in particular, but even if you combine it with some of the other things that have really uh, come out into the forefront of, of technology innovation and fintech in the last few years, like cloud computing, like robotics and cognitive and artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, crowdsourcing of, of funding uh, and investment advice. Uh, there are so many different technology that are really just starting on that maturity curve that it's a little bit of, I'll say, speculative to predict how this all shakes out. One of the main things that DTCC sees, and, and we're, we're owned by the industry, every day we wake up and our entire goal is risk management 
and reducing costs and creating operational efficiencies. And that is our only motivation. We don't have an exit strategy. We're not trying to figure out how to monetize any of these opportunities. So not having a central ledger and implementing a distributed ledger is completely in our remit if it lowers risk and lowers cost for the industry. So our goal is very much to pursue that. The challenge right now is like your previous example of one specific company and one specific vendor, there are literally hundreds that have come to us with opportunities. There are hundreds, if not thousands of different opportunities being worked on across the industry. None of them are compatible. Every single one of them is a different model, a different stack of technology, and they're completely incompatible because they don't have any standards. So the vision of an individual investor, a retail investor like me, like I want to look at my bank accounts, my stock holdings, and being able to look at one ledger and having a simple view of everything I own on that one ledger doesn't exist today because every model and every vendor's offering is completely different. So until standards start to emerge and until in, until interoperability starts to exist across the different ledgers, uh, we're going to be in a world that's going to actually start looking more complicated because all these new ledgers, these thousands of ledger opportunities have to still coexist with all the existing infrastructure that pension funds and retirement accounts and anything you have, you know, in your personal investment accounts, they all have to coexist. Uh, so DTCC is very much driving open standards. We're on uh, the Hyperledger Governing Board, and we were a founding member. We're on the Enterprise Ethereum uh, Banking Working Group as a co-chair, and we're contributing code to the open source community. So we're really trying to drive the open source model and the interoperability and standards that are really needed to make this technology move into a more mature offering. Okay. So what's your thought on um, other aspects of, of the industry, you know, like Bitcoin? What do you think about Bitcoin and Monero and Dash and cryptocurrencies and things like that. Do you think they're going to survive? Are they going to have to go towards regulation and integrate with what you guys are doing? Or what's your what's your opinion? So I, I'll start with the previous point that you know the, the the things we're working on with the industry are right now private permissioned opportunities where we are the adult in the room and there is a governing body in an organization. Uh, and right. it, I should point out that we're very heavy regulated. So everything we do is in concert with our supervisors, working closely with the regulators. We spend a lot of time in Washington educating uh, our, our um, supervisors and lawmakers, but also working with them on where the right opportunities are. Um, so right now, the way uh, our work is proceeding, it's mostly on implementations. All of that, the work that's the ecosystem and the public work that's being done with Bitcoin and Ethereum don't want to call all the activity a giant uh, sandbox and a giant test case, but it is helping mature the technology. It is an opportunity to try out new models and new concepts at scale. Um, we're not in the payment space, uh, and nobody has asked us to accept a cryptocurrency, uh, and none mm -hmm. of our models and none of our regulators right now are aligned with a formal process and model for accepting a cryptocurrency in any aspect of our processing. Uh, but right. we're we're working with the open source community, which, you know, with the, the enterprise Ethereum is based on the public Ethereum, and that is open source. Um, we're, we're very active on 
understanding um, cryptography and um, encryption and what the current models are, not only that are going to secure today, but um, forward secrecy. So when quantum computing or some new development suddenly um, makes the existing security and encryption model that is securing things like Bitcoin uh, obsolete and, and vulnerable to exploitation, we need to be able to make sure all of our models are able to advance and continue to provide security and privacy. So the fact that this ecosystem exists is allowing a lot of experimentation. Uh, I'm, I've got no opinion on the, I'll say, more speculative aspects of the value of, of the cryptocurrencies. Okay. And um, any insights, you know, you sit, well, I don't want to say you sit atop, but you're able to see, you know, so much volume and activity and transactions going on, and you've been doing it for quite a while. Any surprising or interesting insights because of your position and, you know, the, the trading that you see go on? Anything that, uh, again, is unusual to you or surprises you or just things that you, you delight in knowing that you want to share? I don't know if there's anything surprising. I think, you know, the way every technology evolves is there's this period of incubation. And in the, I'll say in the pre-social media, pre-internet days, things like the database technology and even the early communication technology that underlie the internet, it kind of evolved in, you know, in academic institutions, in the military, uh, in the geeks that were in the, you know, the upper floors of, of different or, or lower floors of different um, technology organizations. And when it was ready for prime time, uh, it started being reviewed and adopted by big enterprises. And then there was this sudden hockey stick of adoption where suddenly everybody was on it. It's a really different model today where, you know, the open source and the Internet uh, and now fintech and the opportunity without, you know, cloud is a real enabler. You don't need to invest in giant data centers anymore. You don't need to invest in huge infrastructure plants and huge uh, capital outlays to buy equipment. You can just provision data centers literally on demand uh, and have data centers in any region of the world to be able to, you know, address whatever your application or service is. And there are so many people on the internet who are just looking for opportunities. You have, you know, viable investors, you have viable workers, uh, all online. So I'll say the fascinating thing is once a technology hits that that inflection point where it's adopted, the adoption rate is astronomical. Um, so Data robotics is something that seems to have hit an inflection point, and almost every firm I've spoken with is involved in some kind of robotics or automation activity and some kind of early um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, cognitive evaluation. Uh, and that suddenly seems to be a lot of the talk. Uh, cloud, I'll say, is starting to, to hit that same inflection point. Uh, more and more firms are getting comfortable with the idea of taking advantage of that and that they don't need their own uh, infrastructure for all activities and that they could take advantage of those unlimited resources. Um, so there's a number of different technologies that are all starting to hit that inflection point. And what that all is going to look like over the next five or 10 years, um, it'll be a fun journey. Okay, great. Well, Rob, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. 
If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.